Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So it was your birthday. It was your birthday. So we're doing this one because it was your birthday. And it's a new birthday song so we don't get hit by copyright. I was never born, though. The, it's your extraction day. It's the day you were extracted. That's a little, oh, there we go. Okay. Now I feel appreciated. Thank you for remembering that I was never born. I was extracted. That means that like any prophecies where it's like no man of woman born, you could totally. Uh, I, could, I could step in and fulfill that you role. You could step in and fulfill that role because yeah. you weren't born. You were extracted. Seize my destiny. Yes. Yes. Warren's destiny. So. Because of your extraction day, we, uh, we're going to be watching a musical you've been kind of looking forward to and kind of apprehensive about. <laughs> uh, looking forward to because it has my favorite superhero ever since I was a wee little boy. And not looking forward to because I know that it's terrible <laughs> from the fact that it died on Broadway and... In the wake of many broken ankles and snapped knees, and <laughs> yeah, it uh, oh, this is a this is a show that I remember hearing about and was like, what the heck, you know? This is they're doing a musical on this. That was my response. Was no, how? Mine, mine too. I mean, I'm a I'm a fan. Yeah, but when I saw the commercials that they were advertising for the show, I was just kind of like. Okay, like at the same time, like while I was like, "Ooh, Spider Man!" At the same time, my brain was like, "But why?" Yeah, because, and I mean, this isn't gonna be the weirdest subject matter on a musical. Like, we're gonna be covering a Weber show that's like, I mean, we've we've already what? seen a bunch of weird stuff. So yeah, the Spider Man is gonna have to get hit with some type of hallucinogen and have a acid sequence in order for it to even be up there with like the top 10 ones that we've done that have been trippy. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited and I'm nervous. I do have to do a caveat. The quality of the video is not going to be great. Okay. Because this is one that they're not ever going to do one of those like, Hey, let's live stream this show or because, let's do a, because the show crashed and the burned. show is dead. So I'm sure <laughs> that was harsh. So yeah, if if you haven't gathered, we're going to be doing Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Turn Off the Dark. Doesn't, yeah. You don't turn off dark. Dark is like the base setting. You yeah. turn on the lights. It's I don't I don't understand. We'll we'll see. I tried to listen to the soundtrack for this. Oh, was it just god awful? Well, it's not my thing. But also 
U2 is generally not my thing. And as we're going to get into, uh, music and lyrics were done by Bono and The Edge. So, which, um, I, are they Spider-Man fans? I don't know. Were they just approached to do, because that's the thing, is it's like, if you're a Spider-Man fan, if it's terrible, I'll be like, eh, at least it came from a place of, of love. But if you're just like, now I can step in here and write something freaking amazing. So I, I guess I should get into this before we get too far into the jokes, because you're not 100% far off. Um, so this was the book and the uh, choreography and stuff were originally done by Julie Taymor and Glenn Berger. Um, and then Roberto Aguirre Sacasa came in when it was just completely on fire to fix it. Um, Julie Taymor, you will remember from The Lion King. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she's brilliant. But for this, it's one of those, like, she went more Tamor-y, and that kind of led to some issues later on, um, or rather, rather quickly on. Um, and then, like I said, Bono and the Edge supplied music and lyrics. And it kind of came about after this one interview or something where... Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber was joking, saying, I'd like to thank the rock musicians for leaving me alone for 25 years. I've had the theater all to myself. To which Bono said, hold my beer. Oh, so Bono took it as a personal challenge. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. And with this, the, the original uh, version of this, they also kind of took from the myth of Arachne and had a Greek chorus. And that thankfully got scrapped. Listeners can't see the look that I shot Kay when she said that last line. Yeah, um, it's... No? Yeah. I'm gonna go with no. There are, there are things that, uh... Yeah. I mean, <coughs> as, as a Spider-Man fan, and granted, I should I should put a little, whoop, little asterisk on the end of that statement because I'm sure there's people listening who are much deeper Spider-Man fans than I am. Mm -hmm. uh, I never really read a whole bunch of the comic books or anything. My exposure to Spider-Man was in TV series and video games and movies. Yeah. So I do have a, a decent understanding of Spider-Man. I mean, the Spider-Man series that for me will always remain the the canon of, of my own liking of it is the Fox TV show that was out in the 90s that I used to watch every day when I got home from school. Yeah. That to me is what Spider-Man is. And, and, uh, the more you're going into this, the less and less I'm like, oh, they're going to have... The, the, yeah. This well, is... they do have Green Goblin in it. Oh, um, boy. They, and they basically do the same thing that every Spider-Man up until the glorious and wonderful Tom Holland has done, where they're oh. like... <laughs> where they're like, oh, well, not enough people know about Uncle Ben. Everybody. How many times does Uncle Ben have to die, people? As How many, many times? As many retellings as there are of the story. Like, I swear. That was probably one of my favorite things about introducing Spider-Man in the most recent incarnation was that they just left out Uncle Ben. Because everybody knows. Everybody knows. Oh, you know Spider-Man? If you know two things about Spider-Man, what do you know? Oh, uh, Peter Parker and his uncle died. Yeah. It's like, that's it. Yeah, that's the two biggest and bitten by a radioactive spider which they don't even like have to do that in the latest movies they just go here's tom holland he's spider-man now and we all go yes tom holland is spider-man now <laughs> we agree <laughs> um what i will say is 
I was thinking about, since I knew we were going to do the show, I've been thinking about just how terrible it could be. Mm-hmm. And my brain is going, I sure hope to God that there is not a song in there where Peter Parker is singing in front of a whole crowd, not not like the audience, but just people going, if only my loved ones knew I was Spider-Man. Life would be so much simple if they knew I was Spider-Man. Swinging, jumping, saving Spider-Man. Like... So... Oh my gosh, I love you. <laughs> I love you. So this show is pretty much production hell. Oh, okay. So it was first announced in 2002 by Marvel, saying that, hey... 2002? Yes, that was when it was first announced. Okay. And they were planning on Tony Adams producing it, um, and then he ended up dying in 2005. Oh, sad. Which kind of made things difficult. Um, Dead people usually make things difficult. Yeah. Or easier, depending um, on the scenario. But he had approached Bono and the Edge by that time, as well as Julie Taymor. Why would you? Why? I don't know. <laughs> Did, was he just a huge YouTube fanboy Maybe. and he just wanted to work with them? Is that what it is? It's gotta be, because it's like, but why though? <laughs> yeah, I would, I, would, why? I would think to get like a musical person, not a rock star. Like, I guess because it was, you know, Bono had been like, okay, it's time to take a challenge and... Hey, Tamor, let's work together on something. Oh, and then Tony oh, Adams goes, hey, I need people to do the Spider-Man Bono musical. needs a challenge? How about more than a handful of good songs? Is that... Can he do that? Can they release an album where I'm like, I love every one of these songs. How about that challenge? So, um, I want to read a quote that was about this, uh, that, um, basically is talking about the situation after Adams dies. They go, uh, others might have abandoned this project. Would have been a good idea. <laughs> but the Spider-Man team decided to go on with Mr. Adams Parkle, David Garfinkel, as lead... <laughs> go on. <laughs> Garfinkel is... Garfinkel sounds like the Jewish uncle to Garfield. <laughs> like, hey, I'm gonna go visit my uncle Garfinkel. <laughs> right. He's better than me in every way. <laughs> He's a lawyer. Um... Specializes uh, in lasagna law. He was as the, well... Lasagna. So, Adam's partner, David Garfinkel, is lead producer. An able entertainment lawyer, Mr. Garfinkel, had little producing experience. God damn it. <sighs> and he ceded artistic decisions to Mrs. Tamor. Oh, God. A perfectionist whose aesthetic included never repeating herself. Oh, jeez. Mr. Garfinkel did not take the tack that Disney had while working with Miss Tamor on their hit musical, The Lion King. Her genius flourishes best under supervision. (laughs) (laughs) So keep that in mind as we're thinking about this. Her genius flourishes best under supervision, which she does not have. (laughs) So she would just... So she was just given the reins and was like, yeah, let's go. So And drove it right off a cliff. Production officially starts in 2007. And uh, it did not open until 2011 because of all of the setbacks. Really? Yes. Because I swear I remember seeing commercials they for They probably it. were advertising from the previews, which started much earlier. Yeah. Previews started, I want to say, in... Because uh, it was before I met you. 
And yeah. I, if I remember correctly, I think I was still in school. And I mean, because we, you know, has still had TV with commercials and mm-hmm. just streaming everything. Uh, so, and that's when I remember seeing the trailer for it, and just you know, my little, my little inner boy inside of my mm-hmm. younger man was like. <laughs> so, um, in two thousand nine, this was twenty five million dollars in debt. <laughs> Oh, sweet Jesus. By March, it was $52 million. Wow. Disney absorbs Marvel, and they go, you know what? We're not going to do anything for this. This is your thing. We're not touching this show with a 10-foot pole. They did nothing to help out. I think when you're that much in debt, you just cut your losses. They should have. You just cut your losses. They should have. I don't know what the average uh, production costs are for theaters. I was going to say, like, (laughs) out of everything we've covered, you've never talked about production costs because I just assumed that theater production costs were... Theater does not strike me as the kind of thing that has lofty production costs. Generally, no. Um, I mean, some of the shows, like with Legally Blonde, they last week they did not remake what they had spent in this show. They kind of went through a producers type thing, mm. um, which is sort of the thing with producers. Like you have those lofty shows that that cost a lot of money but don't make it back. So that's where that comes from, but not a lot of shows go this much into debt. Um, And it was supposed to open February 28th of 2010. Money happened. Money happened? By November of 2010, the cost was up to $65 million. That was, that's like KT Impact destroying the dinosaurs costs get it because 65 million and that's how many years i'm a nerd um (laughs) there was also turnover (laughs) i'd imagine because i know that there were injuries and so they had to change out cast members and you probably get people who are going we've been dealing with this for so long and the show hasn't even been released and like yeah so many years of theater career so actor alan cumming was supposed to be in this uh let me see what you might know him from uh, he was in like the good, eh, you never saw the good wife. Uh, the spy kids trilogy. He was in that. Okay. Um, I've seen this dude. Oh, that guy. Yeah. He was supposed to be in this. Um, and he, uh, I like him. He left. He, he was very wise leaving. And he even said, uh, on his decision, my God, that was a lucky escape. Jesus Christ. Talk about dodging a bullet there. Did he, he yes, that is literally a quote from him. I liked him even more. <laughs> he, oh. was, he was a smart man leaving. Um, it's funny, I'm looking at him and I'm going, oh, you, you would have done a good Harry Osborne. Like, yeah. Okay. And, and anyway. So, anyway. So he leaves the show um, and we had, uh, he was the Green Goblin. Was so he was. was originally going to be. Yes. He was, Nailed it. He was cast in, 2000, in June of 2000. 2009. So, so um, just, just so you know, because Harry Osborne and the Green Goblin were the same yeah, person. Yeah, okay. I just, just they, well, I mean, with this, the fact that they had a freaking Greek chorus in it, they probably didn't I, okay. have Harry Osborne at this point. I guess that's fair. You and you could cast people from. There. Okay, anyway, <laughs> anyway, they they probably were like, oh, we'll have him just be the Green Goblin and not any. I mean, again, Greek chorus basing this on the myth of Arachne. And not well, just why? Because well, how about you base it off Spider Man? Yeah, you know, you'd think you know Spider Man. Yeah, 
like, yeah, but you know. <laughs> um, and so he and Evan Rachel Wood, uh, Evan Rachel Wood was cast as Mary Jane, left the show. Uh, Mary Jane in 2009 and Alan Cumming slash Green Goblin slash maybe Harry Osborne, but there's nothing indicating that he would have been Harry Osborne as well because this show's a disaster, uh, left shortly thereafter. Um, or not 2009. They left in 2010. They'd been cast in 2009. So then they announced the new cast in 2010. Um, and we had the Greek chorus in this version of the show, and that got cut, thank God. Um, so then you have uh, Robert uh, Roberto... Aguera Sacasa brought in to kind of fix things. He was uh, instrumental with writing a lot of other stories for Spider-Man comic books, and he had fixed the book of the musical It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, which we also need to watch. <laughs> There's a Superman musical? Yes, yes. And Justin McElroy and Sidney McElroy had directed a version of it and posted a video on YouTube. And they actually, like, shared a link on their Twitter, and I need to find it, because we need to do this one. I hope for their it's... sakes it's not dumb, otherwise I'm gonna... It sounds like they had fun with it. Like, oh, okay. at the very least, it's a fun show, but it sounds like it's better than this. <laughs> well, this show was actually released to completion. Well, or not this, this one, show, but their show. This one was released to completion, too. It just didn't run for very long. Um... <laughs> It's hard to find replacements when your main actor breaks their ankles. Oh, we're, we're getting there for that. Um, so, our injuries. We have two Spider-Man stuntmen injured doing the same stunt. One broke their feet and the other one broke both of their wrists. Interesting. Doing the same stunt. Uh, then actress Natalie Mendoza sustained a concussion during the first preview when a bit of equipment on the wings just struck her and she went, no, the show must go on. And she didn't report the injury, Uh oh. went on stage for the next performance and then needed her understudy to cover her for the next two weeks while she was in hospital recovering. <laughs> so you're talking about the guy, the two stuntmen who broke, one broke their wrists and the other one broke their feet doing mm -hmm. the exact same stunt. Yes. My brain has problems with that. Cause it's like, what was the stunt? Were they trying to like land on their hands and feet at the same time? Probably, probably tried to do that Spider-Man pose. But I mean, you have to have contact with both your hands and your feet in order to break either one. So my brain's sitting here going, I need to see the stunt because right now I'm going, how do you do the same stunt? And then one person breaks their feet and the other one breaks their wrists. I don't think that we'll be able to find that stunt, but we will be able to find the next one that I'm about to tell you about. Um, that occurred when stuntman Christopher Tierney fell 20 feet through the stage oh. into the orchestra pit when his harness was not attached to the safety cord. What? Yeah. Oh, who who did the whoopsie on that? Uh. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. You got your harness. Uh, it feels kind of loose. Is it not attached? Oh, no, I mean, you got the harness. It's That's why they call it a safety harness. You're yeah. safe now. Yeah. Is he okay falling 20 feet? I mean, he had to go into rehab from November of 2010 to, uh, like, what is it, to 2011 when he returned to the show. 
He returned. He returned. Mendoza did not, but he did. <laughs> okay, I don't feel sorry for this guy anymore. I'm sorry. Well, he was, it, it's a paycheck, and he's the stuntman, and stuntmen have this moment <sighs> of, like, this is my life, and I will give my life for theater and for someone else to not have to do what I have to do, and... You know, he also might be like, I also want to be Spider-Man. Probably. I guess, I mean, uh, if that's the case. But then the time he looks, if the person who didn't hook up his freaking harness is still there, he goes up to him, he's like, <laughs> You son of a bitch! Well, I was like, I was about to, I was about to spout some very creative curses, and I was like, I better not. Because once I, once I let one loose, it'll be like, well... <laughs> why the hell why the hell not <laughs> screw it let's let's keep going so um then the show opened and there was still one more injury in 2013 when uh some equipment landed on daniel curry's leg and pinned it and crushed it so Ooh. yeah still still a dangerous show even after revisions were done um but uh let's see we have a couple of things with uh the different forms of promotion that they did with this show. Um, they performed Boy Falls from the Sky. <laughs> what? That's one of the songs. <laughs> Just now sitting here going, that is a horrible name <laughs> for a song in a show where somebody fell 20 feet and almost died. <laughs> Was the next song... Aid and back clips and harness. <laughs> so that was performed on September 10th, 2010 um, on Good Morning America. And then there was a performance in American Idol. And then they performed If the World Should End on the 65th Tony Awards in 2011. Um, they also appeared twice on David Letterman's show, trying to perform Rise Above and A Freak Like Me Needs Company. Different songs from this show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know, you knew going into this one that this would not be great. I know. I, I, <laughs> and just, just keep in mind, listeners, this is my birthday present, is that we're doing... <laughs> A show about my favorite superhero that is a terrible show. But that you also were like, I'll never get to see this. Is this true? And then I was like, I found it! Is this true? K Are you sure? K to the rescue, question mark. <laughs> I mean, we, we talked this over. I know, I'm just griefing you. <laughs> so, um, Sci-Fi was paired to be their media partner. Sci-Fi? Like yes, the Sci-Fi sci channel. channel? Which, you know... We should learn from Legally Blonde that that doesn't always help. Yeah, on TV. <laughs> um, so the reception of this show with the first previews in 2011, which those were so negative, like overwhelmingly negative reviews. Oh um, and... The the ticket prices were so high, and the preview period was so long. Because they're $65 million in debt, and they got to make that money back. Yeah, and so that's why they were like, well, let's do our reviews now, because why the hell not? Honey, why is this ticket $5,000? And, like, one of the biggest issues that they had with the original was that Tamor tried to basically merge 
Arachne into this comic book story and go into like, oh, this is about a grotesque hybrid and it's, you know, just going to be two unrelated main villains in this. And It sounds like they got someone who had no business being in charge of a Spider-Man yes. musical. And they weren't supervising Tamar because when they supervise her, her shows are brilliant. When they don't, you get Spider-Man. If you're going to do a show <laughs> like this, you have the, the brilliant professional theater person, Tamar, but then you pair them with the most obnoxious comic book nerd ever who just knows yes. every detail. Yes. Because at least, I don't know, at least you have a check there when they go to be like, there's some grotesque monster. <laughs> well, actually, Spider-Man is not a grotesque monster until issue 483 where his genetic mutation accelerates and he becomes the man-spider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man Spider is the worst thing ever. Have you seen that? Yes, I've seen yeah. pictures, and I'm like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> this is the worst thing. And I like cursed things, and that is beyond cursed. Well, the cool thing about the cartoon series was that's when the Punisher makes an appearance. Yeah, but still, Man Spider, no. Just sure. no. Um, and so, like, it, it, this, is, this is a great one. So, uh... New York Times critic Brent Brantley basically called it the worst <laughs> Broadway musical. <laughs> this is in the early versions um, and said, so is this ascent from jaw dropping badness to mere mediocrity a step upward? Well, and this is of the revised version that oh. he says this part. Um, well, until last weekend, I would have recommended Spider-Man only to carry and feasting theater vultures. <laughs> Now if I knew a less than precocious child of ten or so and had several hundred dollars to throw away, I would consider taking him or her to the new and improved Spider-Man. The show's first incarnation rated an F+. The revision garnered a C+. Well. <laughs> um, Went from dead to dying. At times, though, it was successful in the box office. <laughs> Uh, at times, I would say at times it's almost like people going, "It can't be as bad as they're saying it is." And then they yeah. go and they see it, they're like, "Oh God!" Uh, ticket sales on the first preview were more than a million. Um, the first full week in 2011, they had the highest box office gross on Broadway of uh, 1.5 million, almost 1.6 million. Uh, but cool, just, yeah, just it was sixty-three more sh weeks of showing, and they'll make back their deficit. Yeah, and what what it was was I think there was a lot of like trying to have this morbid fascination of are we gonna see someone die on stage? Oh, God. I think that's what it might have been. <laughs> see what you're saying is this is this was like the NASCAR yeah, race of yeah, Broadway shows, or like. We could sit in the theater and see someone actually die. Yeah, because it's not great. <laughs> it's not the worst anymore, but it, it's not Carousel. But it's also not great. Granted, Carousel isn't bad for, like, totally misconstruing the subject material or whatever and needing to have someone who actually knows comics come in to fix it. Carousel's just bad because it's Carousel. Yeah. And... and Justifying abuse and stuff like that. You, and I felt like we were both very vindicated when one of our theater friends was like, I hate this show and I have to watch it, though, because I've never seen it. And it's one of the war horses of Broadway. And dear God, I hate this show. And everybody else, myself included, was like, 
we are praying for you. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers, my friend. Thoughts and prayers. Um, so it did uh, actually, like, beat the record for uh, for Wicked in 2012. Wicked had uh, taken in 2 million, or 2.2 million a week in the previous year. Um, and so for by uh, January of 2012, Spider-Man had made 2.9 million, which okay. was nice, like per week, uh, or in that week. Um, yeah, that helps when you're gouging your theater goers yeah. with outrageous ticket prices. Then sales immediately like declined by the last week of the show in September of 2013. Um, yeah, it, it just it, it didn't do well. It's not a good show. Uh, like, or not, not a good show, but it's, it's not, um, yeah, or it didn't close in 2013, my mistake. It closed in January of 2014, but by the last week of September, it was just like, (laughs) which, you know, it's, it's admirable because Legally Blonde, (laughs) Legally Blonde only lasted like a year. So this lasted longer. It lasted from 2011 to 2014. It probably shouldn't have, but it did. How did it last that long? Morbid curiosity, probably. And, I mean, it it wasn't the worst show. So did it it, uh, continuously have poor reviews, but people just kept going? Um, it had mediocre reviews after it fixed everything and revised. See... That's that's why the preview period is so important for a show. <laughs> Even though this show had the longest preview period so far. Because <laughs> a preview period is when you kind of work out all of your kinks and fix all of your mistakes and try to repair the shattered tibias of your <laughs> Spider-Man. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I have titanium inserted here, 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 and here. I am more titanium than man now. Next show, Titanium Man. Titanium Man. It's the knockoff of Iron Man. Oh, God. Do not ever do an Iron Man musical. This should be a... Just about Justin Hammer and how much he hates <laughs> Tony Stark. <laughs> that could actually be kind of fun. That would that would you, be if a you, fun. If you did it like a tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But, like, with, with this, it's... I mean, I don't want to say that... This is automatically terrible. It's just I could not get through the soundtrack. But I'm also not a fan of Bono. Like, the music, I as a person, he's okay. He's he's misguided he's in okay. some cases. Cause, he, he, he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. Because, like, I appreciate his causes, but sometimes I'm like, try and come up with a different way to get everyone on board. But also make more songs that I like rather than songs that, like, the lyrics are great, but the music, I'm like, this is just the same three chords that you were playing the last song. <laughs> and Bill Bailey, I think that's the comedian, or it was a di- maybe it was a different comedian, had a great thing where he was playing a U2 song and then showing what it would be like in a power outage, and as soon as the power cuts out, you hear on his electric guitar, ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. I think that was Stephen Lynch. 
Stephen Lynch? Really? Yeah, because he's the guy who does the guitar stuff. There are a couple of comedians that do guitar, because this was an this was a Irish guy, I want to say. It definitely was not Bill Bailey. Yeah. Well, there there's more people than... his. I know his last name was Bailey. Oh, wait, wait. Ben Bailey. No. Ben Bailey is the American yeah. cash cap guy. Yeah. I think it was Bill Bailey. Oh, what was the guy's name? Crap. His name wasn't Crap. Comedian uh, tangents. Comedian tangent tangents aside, um, yeah. So, I've I've prattled on about this show and the mess that it was and the financial failure that it. Well, not failure because it did, did it make back at sixty five million dollars. Uh, That's a financial failure. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it did make it back. I, I don't. Um, I will say, though, that a lot of folks uh, parodied it, and, oh, this did get uh, nominated for some Tonys. Okay. Do you want to know which Tonys it was nominated for? Sure. Costume design and scenic design. Okay. Did not win. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, In fact, the only awards that it won were the Outer Critics Circle Awards in 2012. So those ones are like not genuine. Well, they're well, they're well, genuine awards. They're, they're just not the Tonys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not the Tonys or Drama Desk or anything. They're and they're not BAFTA or not BAFTA. Uh, BAFTA wouldn't do anything with this. They're not Laurence Olivier Awards. We've been watching too much Round Planet, so I keep thinking <laughs> of the BAFTA whenever I think of anything British. <laughs> Oh, that show was great. Um, but they won Outstanding Costume and Set Design for Outer Outer Critic Circle. Well, that's Which good. is nice. That's, that's nice for them. That makes me laugh that it's like, you were nominated for looking pretty. Yeah. And you won for looking you pretty. You won for looking cute. Um, you look so they, cute in your little Spider-Man outfit. You're swinging around, saving the day. Boy, though, did they make fun of this show and a lot of things. Um like during the Tony Awards, Sean Hayes ran on stage as Spider Man trying to sing through his mask. Uh, we had Saturday Night Live making fun of it, Robot Chicken. Um, I don't know if I've seen any of those references. That's they had it in. Yeah, they had it in Sesame Street. What? Yes! Spider Monster the Musical. Oh my god. Even catching shade from Big Bird and Elmo. Wow. Um, they referenced it in Law and Order with a high-flying Broadway musical named Icarus. And <laughs> that's, that's, that's nice. That is awesome. Icarus. Did he hit the lamps and fall down? happened during production in Spider-Man take a more tragic turn than it already had. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it was also referenced in Broadway Bro Down with Randy swing- sneaking into the theater and Spider-Man That's right. Yeah. He, yeah. Oh god, I remember that. Uh, there's also in Ultimate Spider-Man they have a Spider-Man musical with Flash Thompson playing Spider-Man. Um, yeah. But we we uh, I've seen like two episodes of that one and it's meh. Okay. Yeah, it's not a great series. You're not missing much. Uh, Simpsons parodies it with a hospital of injured cast members <laughs> 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 in one of the treehouse 
House of Horrors. Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Titus auditioning for the role of Spider-Man number 12. In the sequel, Too Many Spider-Man. Wait, I think we might. Okay, I think I remember that episode. Okay. Too Many Spider-Man. Spider-Man number 12. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, if anything, these shows are why this show lasted as long as it did. Oh, man. Because it shouldn't have. It should have died when the show crashed and burned many times, and also when sales crashed and burned, because it's like, well, you're not going to recoup your losses. Just, just end it and let the... Just go silently into that good Just night. Just go silently into that good night, Spider-Man. It's okay. Go to sleep, Spider-Man. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> they probably, you know what? They probably had one scene that we don't know about that was an injury where someone sprayed the lead actor with a can of Raid, maybe. <laughs> like thought was, it was deodorant. That was a scene that they cut out because, you know, they just ran out of Spider-Man at that point. And... Man. We're running out of Spider-Man. <laughs> and now now my brain is like picturing a uh, a spoof of it where it's like weekend at Bernie's mm-hmm. Spider-Man like oh my god <laughs> he's just like a marionette <laughs> cuz he's dead. <laughs> and I knocked the mic over. Happy <laughs> so Bernie's weekend at Broadway. <laughs> strings he's just ragdolling oh my like... god oh man we are putting off watching this <laughs> <sighs> jesus christ superstar <laughs> please save me from this horrible show so i think the uh the moral of this story before we go watch this is don't take things that andrew lloyd weber says as a challenge how about if you're going to make a musical about a superhero, use the superhero source material? That too. I think... Like to start from. Um, oh, and make sure that Julie Taymor has someone to keep her on a tight leash. Put Julianne Moore... Or Julianne Moore. <laughs> She's done nothing wrong. <laughs> Taymor? Julia, Julie Taymor. Julie Taymor. Uh, put her in a room with no windows and no witnesses with me for just five minutes. And she'll do a better job next time. <laughs> Again, she she's responsible for Lion King, which is brilliant. Whoa, 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 whoa. I get the feeling that some people out there listening as well as you might have thought that I meant violence. No, it would just be me gouging all of my Spider-Man love onto her and then she would absorb it through osmosis and then go, I need to make a better Spider-Man musical at least so this guy will calm the frick down. (laughs) You know, when we get to Forbidden Broadway, I will love showing you the Lion King one because like with Lion King, I understand some of the complaints that they have with regards to the pain. Well, like from an actor's point of view, Mm. the pain of the puppets that you had to wear. Ooh. But 
I think you'll get even more of a kick out of it knowing what she could do unfettered. (laughs) (laughs) Unfettered by Disney. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I sit there and I think about injuries that I sustain in theater. Nothing compared to this. I mean... Okay, so the worst thing that happened was in a production that we did of Aida where a guy got his ear cut off by the stage when it was moving. But that's, I mean, it was, I wasn't there for that. I just remember. You just heard about it? Yeah, I was in the Monday, Wednesday, Friday cast and it was on a Tuesday. (laughs) You just heard about the ear eroptomy? I heard about the eroptomy and I didn't see it firsthand. So I could imagine that like, the things that can go wrong in theater i think that spider-man took all of those things that could go wrong and condensed it was it hard to hear about a guy losing his ear i was just making a bunch of ear jokes until you finally realized that i was poking fun at that (laughs) now she realizes just how terrible her husband is So we put it off as long as we could. Let's take a brief intermission and go watch the uh, Tony nominated for set and costume design <laughs> musical extravaganza that is Spider Man. Turn off the dog. He's just the happy swinging spider. Hey folks, your wacky and wonderful Warren here with a quick shout-out. Kay and I would like to thank our ticket holders for supporting our show, and a special shout-out to our Playbill sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our crew member sponsor, Bianucci, for their generous monthly donations. Warren and I greatly appreciate your support of our show. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We truly cherish your support. Before we jump back into our show, let's take a quick break to hear from our friend Hillary over at History on Blast. And welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up. So let's hop into the second act of the show. (sighs) Okay, babe, so, uh... What did you think about that uh, 
$75 million. By the way, that's how much it ended up costing at the end. Travesty. Picture this. Terrible songs left and right. Picture this. Destroying childhoods. Picture this. <laughs> ultimate disappointment. Picture this. Picture. Just picture it. This. This picture of crap. This show sucks. Uh, it's so bad, guys. I, 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 I might. So full, full disclaimer. I might be harsher on this show than I normally would be if I was just a theater person. But because I'm a Spider-Man fan, um, I feel personally attacked by this show for how freaking horrible it is. And I will be harsher on this person or on this show because I am a theater person. And what the actual hell. What the actual hell indeed, Kay. Very, very accurately put. What in the actual hell? You know what? We So we recently changed our rating to be explicit. I think this show, we can drop some F-bombs. If you need to. I wasn't anticipating you to say that. I have not written anything into my notes. That's for okay. That. If you're inspired, you can do it. Because you know what? This Fuck show this fucking show. sucks. <laughs> this piece of garbage. Oh my it's god. It's so bad, guys. It's it so is... bad. Oh my god. I don't know how it ran for as long as it <sighs> did, but it did. You know, it, it, it has to be a mixture mixture of people hearing about how long it was in development and hearing about stuff that had gone on and hearing about injuries. And then plus Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's gotta be it. Spider-Man's a very popular Marvel hero. And so I think there's just plenty of people who wanted to see the outcome. They just wanted to see it's the fruit so bad, of the labors. Though. It is really bad. Like, I'm gonna... I will, of course, in Warren style, I will be fair for anything that I thought was done well in the in the show. Uh, spoiler, there isn't a whole lot, <laughs> but I will make mention of it. To, to give you... So, I have never seen this show. I have tried to listen to the soundtrack. And to give you guys an idea, I was uninterested about two minutes in. The soundtrack is really bad. The soundtrack is horrible. The soundtrack is really bad. And I know that it's like, oh, it was written by Bono and Sting. Not Sting. No. Um, uh, the Edge. The Edge. Like, I, I know it was written by those two, and, you know, those guys are popular rock stars for reasons that evade me, but they should they should never be allowed to work on a musical ever again. Yeah. Because their Leave this song... Leave Lloyd Webber, guys. Please, God. Their songwriting style, at least for just musicals, is god-awful. Yeah. It boils down to a line repeated over and over again with music that's more or less what it is they'll, they'll yeah. just have the same and i know that that's common in a lot of stuff like repeating lines but i don't think to this extent no no rather than like write a song they just were like let's have two lines of dialogue like two lines of lyrics and we'll just repeat them over and oh. over again it was it was i just i sit there and as much as we rag on andrew lloyd Webber, his shows are technically good at least he's creative. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's creative, and he changes music styles, and he fits as much as he can what he's going for. <sighs> this was a mishmash of a mess, and Julie Taymor, what the hell? I expect better from you. 
is the only show that I've seen her do other than this one, Lion King. Yes. And Lion King. Hey, she's King. one for one right now. So right now yeah. she has a 50% rating of success in the Warren book, which is still a fail. I just, like. You're failing, okay? If you're listening to this, and I know you are, you're failing. Like, this was, this was one of those things where I'm sitting here going, okay, there's a lot of technical effects, but. This can be done without those. Dear God, were there a lot of technical effects. And that is one of the few points that I will put, like, okay, later, I'll get to it. Okay, starting off with this, Spider-Man, turn off the dark. Uh, I hate this already. Uh, Peter sings about Arachne with what looks like a, a shame filter on part of the Persian recording. <laughs> we did, are people allowed to know while we watch this? Uh, yeah, I think so, because it's, it's on YouTube. We watched a bootleg version of the show. Because there's no other recording. Because there's guys. no legal way to obtain a recording of this show. And it's and it's over on Broadway. I doubt it's ever going to show back up. I've yes. never heard of any of anyone releasing the rights for this to be performed by regional or semi-professional or community theaters. Um, that's because they don't have the $75 million yeah, budget. There's, there's no reason for this to... It's this is a show where I'm like, bootleg is all you're gonna get, and you know what? That's fine because, fuck them. My, <laughs> well put, Kay. Thank you. They fucked my childhood, so. <laughs> like, sure, the actors, yeah, they they get off the hook because they tried as much as they could with some the of source. Them. Some, some of, of the them actors, tried as much as they could with the source material given. To be fair, I would imagine that the actors who I didn't care for, they probably had really bad direction. Because mm-hmm. they probably, because oh. the whole thing is being produced and directed by people who don't know dick about Spider-Man. Yeah. And so you have, like, the Green Goblin in this acts more like the Joker from Batman. Yeah! He is just... What the hell? Maniacal and just... Okay. 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 So this show opens up with a thing about Arachne, which you had touched on. Yeah. Like, the Greek thing of Arachne, and Arachne was this weaver, and da-da-da-da-da, and she was so good on the loom that Athena got jealous, and Athena was like, bitch, you can't be better than me, I'm a goddess. <laughs> so they challenged each other to a loom-off, and <laughs> Athena beat Arachne and smashed her loom, and Arachne was so driven to shame by it that she went to hang herself. But before she could die, Athena turned her into a spider creature. Because if you know anything about Greek mythology, gods are petty as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the origin of the first spider was Arachne. And Peter is giving this report, if you can call it that, in yeah, class. it was... And God. everybody is like, well, that's dumb. Except for Mary Jane, who's like, you're great, Peter. It's like... No, just no. One thing, okay, one thing I will say as far as technical effects go, when we see Arachne, initially she's wearing like what looks like a backpack, this metal rectangle behind her, and I'm like, okay, what's that thing? And it doesn't do anything until the part where she's quote-unquote committing suicide and Athena turns her into a spider, Yeah, and then that backpack like mechanically unfoils out and becomes spider legs. That was really cool. Yeah. So th- there, there, there are good practical effects in this show, and some of the special effects are good, but it is, I feel like a lot of it is style- over substance like it's, yeah it's needless it's a lot of it is needless and for some of it it's like oh this is comic book we've got to have the action-packed stuff like this like with some of the, the stuff we'll get into later with the screens and how they basically had they basically had tvs on screen yeah on stage they had tvs um playing stuff 
Oh, and one thing that I noticed was we had that amazing practical effect with Arachne. And you had the cool, like, I think you were calling it Cirque du Soleil at one point. Yeah. We had that with the weaving, and that was really cool. And we had Arachne's costume. That was really cool. And then it transitions to when Peter is talking to the class, and a set piece comes down and unfolds to be the rest of the classroom. And I'm just like, that was pointless. You didn't need to do a special effect for that. You didn't need to spend God knows how much money on that effect when, you know, you can make sure the safety harnesses work. Yeah, there were a lot of weird like special effects in there that was like, it would have been easier just to go dark and roll some some yeah. scenery on stage. Yeah, like, and other Broadway shows do that. You can do that too. So I realized that because of my my shattered mental state with how terrible the show was i want to read this line that i have because you touched on it and went oh yeah i kind of ad-libbed my joke rather than reading what i had it's written okay down. so in the beginning like Kay was saying uh like we have this the scene of these weavers and they're just swinging they're just swinging back and forth and like creating this 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 weave in the background of it and the only thing i think of is why do we have Cirque du Soleil people swinging in the background with arachne all of a sudden, this went from a su- excuse me a superhero show to pissed off Greek divas fighting over who's the better weaver. Arachne <laughs> loses and gets her loom destroyed by Athena. Arachne then hangs herself with her own thread. Athena pulls a classic Greek god trick and turns Arachne into wait for it a spider. No one no one listening saw that coming, and uh, I sure didn't because my eyes were so blurry from all the tears in them with what has been done to my childhood. I just couldn't see the screen because I was crying too much. Yeah. Like, just... This was so bad. And, uh, (laughs) after we come out of Peter's essay, or whatever, uh, the teacher is, is talking to Peter. Peter's questioning the teacher on what she knows about the subject. And Peter questions the teacher too much, so she assigns the class homework, which makes Flash Thompson decide to beat up Peter with his bully squad. Because bullying by numbers uh, is an oddly weird, effective, is an oddly weird elective in high school. God! So that's the song, Bullying Ugh, by Numbers. It was so bad. It was incredibly bad. It was just, that's going to be the theme with every song in the show, is that the songs so are bad. Stupid. The songs are just bad. They're just, no. Just yeah. no. Just no. I feel like it just... I feel like with all the stuff involved in this show, if it had had a killer soundtrack, it probably could have been saved. Yeah. Because people would have bought the soundtrack and just listened to the soundtrack, even if they didn't get to see the show. But there's yeah. not a song in this that I'm going to think, oh, I'm going to want to listen to that oh, later. There, I can tell you this. We just watched the show. I do not remember a single goddamn song. Yeah, me either. It me, was like, so not memorable because uh, they all sounded the same. Which was terrible. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so after, so we had the bullying by numbers, uh, where Flash and his buddies just beat up Parker, who has the chance to get rescued by a teacher, but he's like, oh no, it's, it's, it's fine, which, you know, understandable, Mm -hmm. because bullying and all that. I've been there. Yeah, and, uh, this song sucks so bad. I know we've said that a lot. It has no good tune, it has dumb lyrics. I feel like saying to the audience, stop clapping, audience. Just stop. Don't encourage this travesty. (laughs) After Peter gets his butt kicked, he's walking home, licking his wounds, and singing about being a loser. And why does he need those stupid glasses? 
Well, Peter, you have poor eyesight. Hence, corrective lenses. That's why you need the glasses. It is... He's supposed so to be dumb. this. He's supposed to be this genius character, and he's walking home. And he goes, "Why do I even need these glasses? I don't know, Pete. Can you see without them? Oh, you can't. That's why you need them." You know who is a better Spider-Man than this? Every like, written why every Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man. I would watch the Amazing Spider-Man movies again over ever watching this again. Those are my least favorite Spider-Man. Those movies. are the worst Spider-Man movies for, for people listening. Um, I didn't, Andrew Garfield's a, a fine actor, but he, I did not like him as Spider-Man. Because no. he, they went from being, like, the nerdy kid to being the cool skateboarding Spider-Man. Yeah. And it's just like, Tom okay. Holland is the best, and we just can't compete with him. Tom, I'm, I'm to the point, I'm ready to commission a bust of Tom Holland out of marble, and I will just, like, pray before it every morning. People think that he's joking, he's not. <laughs> I'm a little gay for Tom Holland. He is. That's, we'll just put that out there. Uh, so after Peter complains about why he needs glasses for obvious reasons, Peter runs into Mary Jane, and they walk home together on a magical rotating treadmill. God! <laughs> so Why? So in order to, like, mimic the feel of them walking down the street without the scenery changing and without them just marching in place, they have this treadmill... And rather than have the treadmill just keep going horizontally like you would if you're walking <gasps> on the street, it rotates. It was so pointless. It rotates. So, like, as they're walking, then they're walking towards the crowd. Then they're walking back the way they came. Then they're walking away from the crowd. It was very needless. If you were going to have that treadmill, just have it be in place so that they're just walking in one direction like you would well, if you were walking down the street. Or don't do that and just have them walk from the back of the set to the front in a meandering fashion, like a normal fucking show would do. Or that. That is a better idea. Cause Why King... would you waste your budget on a fucking treadmill, Ju yeah. Julie Taymor? Why? What the fuck? I think we're going to get a higher F-bomb count from Kay than me in this one. God! I think it's because I just built myself up being used to having to resist saying the word fuck when we're filming. I'm so mad. And now Kay has just pulled out the cork. and now I'm it's just so like... mad, guys. <laughs> Okay, so after the magical rotating treadmill, they both get home and have their respective home drama. Peter with his caring, loving aunt and uncle, and MJ with her, um, well, not caring and not loving father. Peter just wants to be anyone but him, and MJ wants to be anywhere but here. I know you two. I, I got an idea, you two. Run away together. Run off the stage and never look back. Please, please end this now. <laughs> If they would have done, could imagine like these two actors being on stage, like, "What the fuck are we doing? This is a pile of theater garbage." Let's They've just gone leave. through like three other Spider Men. <laughs> <laughs> and see, it wasn't from injuries. Every time they had a poor performance or poor review, they'd just come out there and they'd shoot Spider Man. Like they'd just be like, "Do better, or you're next." Shoot him in the leg, like a horse. Uh, How did you hurt yourself, Peter? Uh, I fell doing a stunt. <laughs> Not gonna do that again, are ya? So, so, I was just thinking about this because you brought this up. We never see MJ's parents again, or MJ's dad again, after no. that scene. No, he's just Another there. goddamn pointless scene. He's just there to give background, go, oh, MJ has a rough background. There are other ways to do it. There's... I already had said this, like, when we were watching this, but even though you don't write music... You should do a better Spider-Man musical because it would actually like be entertaining. 
I could I could probably write an outline, but when it comes to songs, you know me, I make up songs all the time. I get about two lines of dialogue and two lines of lyrics in, and then my brain goes, that's enough. It still would be better than this shit. <laughs> so, so after Peter and MJ have their, their duet on how they want to be someone else or be somewhere else, we then cut to Oscorp, <sighs> which is where we are introduced to our villain, Norman Osborne. Osborne is odd in this version. He is way too hyper, and he wants to inject everyone with rattlesnake DNA so that they can see in the dark. Yeah. Uh, that's that's accurate, what I just said there. You may be going, oh, Warren's exaggerating. No. Osborne goes on this whole weird thing in the beginning about because the world is changing, people are going to need to change with it, and oh, we're going to have more darkness, so I know who can see infrared. Rattlesnakes. Oh, we have that rattlesnake DNA over there. Go distill God. it into something that we can then inject into humans so, to make it so that they can see in the dark. Like, so goddamn dumb. Even before he becomes a villain, he's just fucking bonkers. Mm-hmm. Like, he is... They refer to him as a mad scientist later. He is a mad scientist. He's like, I want to help the world and better humanity in completely bizarre and obscure ways. He's wondering why his company is failing and isn't making money. I don't know. Maybe it's very hard to sell to sell uh, in rattlesnake injections to the mass public. You know, maybe this was a cry for help. <laughs> um, on part of who? The creators were over budget and... Where this song is their cry for help of, but we're trying to help things. We're trying to make things better. I, but we're over budget by a lot because there's that you, line about, uh, what about our funding? Yeah, what about and our I'm funding? Like, wow, that's a little on the nose. Do you know how much this show grossed when you were no. researching stuff? I'd be curious to know I, that. Just I know it wasn't the seventy-five million that oh, it went no. in debt, and it's also the most expensive Broadway show, and it's twice the budget of any other show before it, or since. I wonder how much of the cost was medical bills. Right? Because uh, medical <laughs> bills are not cheap. No. And uh, I could probably look it up while you're... And you have three broken Spider-Men. <sighs> it's, it's all good if you do or don't. But um, yeah, Osborne is just wacky in this one. Uh, That's he, a word. He Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He then talks to, it was his wife or his assistant, I can't remember who it was, asking about Peter Parker because they had received some essay or something that he was really impressed with. He's like, oh, this Peter Parker, like he sounds interesting and his class is coming to take a tour of Oz, Oscorp. And so Osborne meets Peter, who has a nerdgasm and asks to take a picture with Osborne in front of the genetically modified spiders, a logical spot. Osborne then has a interesting song called DIY, DIY World, so it's do-it-yourself world. <sighs> the message of the song is not too bad. Basically, it's make the change that you want in the world. It's okay, good message there. Too bad the lyrics sucked. Mm-hmm. And just like the last song, I'm betting the next song too. Holy shit, that's a badass, big-ass spider. So while they're singing the song, towards the end, you see a big, spider puppet come down to be the spider that bites peter parker mm-hmm. and it is a big ass spider i imagine yeah. it had to be that big so that the audience could see hey there's a spider because otherwise if it was the size of a spider they'd be like why is peter reacting like he's been bitten or just be a spotlight shining on something that people couldn't see god <laughs> but still though yeah peter gets bitten by one of the genetically engineered spiders and uh then osborne gets paranoid that one of the kids could have been a corporate spy and stole their expensive three years worth of funding spider. So Peter gets bitten, 
and just kind of disappears. And then Osborne is panicking because they're missing one of their spiders. And they're like, well, those kids, those kids must have taken it. No, we searched all of them before they left. None of them had the spider. How do we know they weren't spies? Like, he goes... He goes bonkers. He goes bonkers into his paranoia with that. Um, and then afterwards, he... I can't remember what happens with that, because my brain is trying to perform a mercy to me. But <laughs> after his extreme paranoia regarding children's spies, uh, we then cut to MJ coming to the Parker residence to look after Peter because he just disappeared from Oscorp and she was worried about him. And, yeah, okay, sorry. Disappeared from the field trip at Oscorp. Wow, I wonder I wonder how bad this show could get. I did not anticipate Peter waking up and finding out that he has superpowers to be this lame. He, yeah, this was stupid. <laughs> These songs sound like they were written by a poor songwriter. And I don't mean like a starving artist. I mean someone who doesn't write songs very well. Looking at you, Bono, I blame you for these poorly written songs. We get it. He's bouncing off the walls. How many times are you going to freaking repeat that line in this show? You know what? Say that again, but you can let it out, baby. Let it out proud. <sighs> you can say fuck, because... I have. Fuck you, Bono. Um, <laughs> you ruined my childhood, you bastard. <laughs> On his way home from bouncing off the walls, Peter sees MJ in a car with Flash and decides that he needs to start... That he needs a car stat. He tells his uncle that he needs a car, and Uncle Ben sees right through him and tells him they'll save up. Peter sees an advert in the paper for a professional violence... <laughs> For professional violence, if you can last three minutes in the ring with bone saw, Peter tells Ben that he that there's a shortcut to life and that he's no chump who's gonna miss out on it, and uh, he's gonna get paid to go beat someone up. The Spider Boy gets in a fight with the giant inflatable man referred Jesus to as Bonesaw Christ. and wins because, you know, inflatable men are not known for their combat prowess, only their ability to creep me out. And I say giant inflatable man because that's what the Spider-Man Bonesaw wrestling scene was. He was fighting a fucking inflatable man, which... He was a, an inflatable man. So, fun fact, one of my phobias that's a weird phobia is those giant inflatable people. Like, there was... I didn't know about it, or do rather... Mean, do you mean, like, sex dolls? Oh, those are scary, too, but this was different. So, when I was doing birthday parties at an aquarium... This family brought in a pirate that was one of those giant inflatable decorations. And that was when I went, oh, that's my biggest phobia. You're like, I didn't realize I had a fear until this happened. <laughs> until this exact moment. And it was one of those things that it made me remember every moment in my childhood that I had blocked out of toys <laughs> and inflatable <laughs> things <laughs> like that. <laughs> it was just this... This floodgate of repressed memories being peeled back, and I'm sure you that in your mind... You know the scene in Tommy? Which, when, which when scene? When Tommy is remembering everything that happened oh, to him. gotcha. That's what it fucking was. <laughs> and see, in my brain, I was just picturing you, you know, working at the at an aquarium when they bring that in, and, like, your eyes get wide, and, like, it's just... And just, it's rumming through all these different... It pretty much, it, it was like, just, oh, it, was, it was so horrible. And it was one of those things that I was training another party host at the time. And it was sort of her day to do the party by herself. 
So it's like, yeah, you go into that room, you'll be fine. You go in, have fun. <laughs> I'm going to stay the fuck out here. Take the, uh, the knife for cutting a cake and stab that pirate a few dozen times for me. Yeah, that was... Ugh, ugh. Yeah. So that that awakened that fear again. But but yeah, so when Spider-Man is fighting Bonesaw, it is literally this eight-foot-tall, giant, inflatable person that there's a person behind it manipulating it at first, and it's like pinning Spider-Man and punching him with its inflatable fist. So dumb. And then Spider-Man, you know, rips it out of the hands of its handler and proceeds to turn the tables in his favor throwing the inflatable man around and jumping on him. But what was great about that is when he gets on the ropes of their arena and jumps to, like, throw an elbow into inflatable man and he bounces off of yes, it. Yes, that was great. <laughs> it's like, well, well, yeah, you're attacking a giant balloon. But uh, Spider-Boy beats Bonesaw and Peter gets paid for his decisive victory against Balloon Boy. But while he's excited about the money, all of the money he's going to make, and how he's going to be rich and famous, and famous for being rich, there's a loud crack in the distance. And uh, Uncle Ben was the victim of some hooligan who played way too much Grand Theft Auto, because <laughs> as we know, video games cause real-world violence. No, you know what causes violence? Shitty reproductions of childhood <laughs> memories. That's what causes real violence. So, I'm going to take a slight tangent that's related to this to answer a question that you had asked previously. Is it money? Yes. Um, so, this isn't telling you what it grossed, but it is telling you how much trouble they were in. This is from a review from New York Times um, by Patrick Healy in November of 2011. It says, In an interview to mark the Monday anniversary of the production's first fumbling preview performance... The producers of Spider-Man said they were considering new plans for recouping the show's record-setting $75 million capitalization, i.e. their fucking huge debt. The most unusual idea, adding new scenes and perhaps a new musical number to the New York Spider-Man every year, making it akin to a new comic book edition and then urging the show's fans to buy tickets again. Fuck you in that idea. Right? Are you kidding me? <laughs> right? Here, you spent way too much money for this overpriced fiasco. We're going to do that every year and make you come back so you can see the news. Yeah, yeah, no. And yeah, no, fuck you for that idea. Like, everything about this, they apparently tried to expand their radio campaign to all 50 states. They tried to... Yeah, okay, okay. I was in Utah... Very much excited for the prospect of the Spider-Man musical, but there was no way I was going to make it out to New York. Yeah. And let alone if I was able to make it out to New York, if it hundreds of dollars for a ticket to a show that's going to suck. That Fuck no. That would have been the origin story for how I became a serial killer. <laughs> Every time I'd be stabbing somebody, would be like, Spider-Man! Spider-Man! And, like, they even were trying to cater to, like journalists in Brazil and stuff and trying to make the musical into a magnet for uh, tourists from abroad. Kind of like how Mamma Mia was just super popular at the time. They're like, we can do that. Please, God, we need to make our money back. Oh, <laughs> just, 
You cut your losses, man. Yeah, his, his exact quote is, Last Friday, Spider-Man executives played host at the show to Brazilian journalists as they had with media from Australia, Germany, and Mexico in a, an effort to turn the musical into a magnet for foreign tourists who speak literal or little to no English, much as Mamma Mia is now, which I'm sitting here going, Mamma Mia is garbage too, but not in this extent. At least Mamma Mia can be done by other production companies and not just by... At least Mamma Mia doesn't require a $70 million budget for people to put on. Yeah, god damn, like, seriously, what the hell? Huh, okay, so... Continue. After the tragic and predictable death of Uncle Ben, Peter has a sad walk away from Ben's corpse, <laughs> blaming himself for not doing something, and we are serenaded by Arachne, who tells him he will rise above. If a giant spider woman came out of nowhere and sang to me, I would not be able to hear her words of encouragement over the sounds of me shitting myself to death. <laughs> I already don't like spiders. If you have a giant spider woman coming out of nowhere to sing to me, I think my brain might just do me a service and just shut off. And I would just drop dead. And for good reason, because nobody should have to deal with that. Jesus Christ. Yes, rise. Rise above, Pete. Again. Bono, just repeating the same line over and over doesn't make it a song. Yeah. I'm sure Bono has something different to say. Oh, if it doesn't pay off, then why am I so bloody rich, you poor Yankee sucker? Shut up, Bono. Go over there, write some more mediocre songs that the masses will celebrate and pay you for. Some of us have work to do. That was a very terrible, uh... Impersonation of Bono? It's but Bono's fine. a terrible songwriter, and fuck him, I don't care. Like, seriously, Bono, you know, you there know, are some songs that I like from you 2 There's a handful. Yeah, there's a handful of them that are really good, and then the rest, I'm like, eh. And know what I'm eh. realizing is even the songs of theirs that I do like, they do that same thing where the lyrics are actually really scant, but yes. they space it out just enough with the music that it's able to fill out a whole song. Yeah, and this show kind of uh, reveals that it to you. It shows that a little bit. The, this is their songwriting structure, now, and it's not good. Now, I've been, I've been really harsh on Bono. Uh, the Edge is responsible for this, too. And I was going to say, I don't know how much The Edge was involved. I don't know if he was just there encouraging Bono, but... You're at fault too, Edge, because at no point did you reach over to Bono and go, Hey, this is fucking terrible. Let's do something else. Or maybe we shouldn't be doing a musical in the first place. Maybe we should have someone who actually knows how to write music for musicals do the music to this. Yeah. But no, because millionaire rock stars have egos the size of planets. Mm -hmm. and, and they wanted to prove a point to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Well, guess what, guys? You failed. Yep, Andrew you Lloyd Webber... Beat you into the ground again. And the only people that suffered were three Spider-Men, everybody who saw the show, us, and <laughs> other people. The, a Mary Jane, or no, it was an Arachne suffered. An Arachne also suffered. Is it in the hanging scene? She was the one who got hit in the head with... Oh. And ended up leaving the, head, the show. Hit in the head with her own mechanical legs. Something probably. like that. But, uh, yeah... <sighs> Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, he's Spider-Man now. Okay, Peter Parker is now Spider-Man. He's swinging around, awkward, awkwardly fighting bad guys. Not much to say here, because there wasn't a song. It was just music, and him swinging around the stage and air-punching bad guys. Yeah. So, 
something that I know that stage combat is a real thing. Yes. Did nobody get any stage combat training in this? I have no idea. Because I... they would literally be a foot away yeah. from like where the punch was in the air, and they're just like, ugh, getting like, knocked down. Like I said, like I've, I'm really the one I'm the most mad at is Julie Taymor, because you know that she had something to do with all of the choreography, and it wasn't well done. And there are scenes in this where they have these chorus numbers and they just have people dancing in like the rows, basically, that you'd find in elementary school and shit, or from high school plays, and high school plays would do them better than this crap. Yeah, that's actually a very... And, sorry. Oh, the choreography was just... Like, the stunts were cool, but the whole time I was sitting there going, they're flying Spider-Man over the audience, and I know the track record of this show. Someone's <laughs> going to end up with a Spider-Man in their lap and a crushed pelvis. And, like, the, otherwise, though, the choreography was terrible. That you raise a point that I had not even considered because there was so much terrible stuff in this. The choreography is garbage. You're exactly right. It is. It reminds me of, like, Charlie Brown dancing, where they're just standing in place and, like, yeah. shaking their arms and dancing. <laughs> and you're a good man, Charlie Brown, had better choreography uh, than this garbage. But, like, shit, like, yeah. The, the choreography in this was so garbage. It was so terrible, it didn't even register on me because there were more terrible things that my oh, brain was and just it was, preoccupied with. It was with. just like eating into my brain going, you're watching this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you hate this, don't you? Yeah. It's just, I feel like, the, I feel like the little person, like, you know, like the, the, uh, is it inside out? Yeah. The little people inside the control center in our brains are just sitting in there going, well, we're never getting this time of our lives back. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much do you think they're going to drink to forget this one? Uh, every time I try to get out, they keep pulling me back in. Yeah. Jesus okay. Christ. Okay. So after we get our first intro to proper Spider-Man, not not a giant inflatable man fighting Spider-Man, uh, we are suddenly in the 50s, complete with outfits, Ugh. hairstyles, and dialogue. I mean, I know J. Jonah Jameson, the proprietor of the Daily Bugle, is a traditional man, but that was a weird tone shift. It really was. Because, uh, what do you got for us, J.J.? Ah, listen here, doll. Like, it's, it, it was that kind of thing. They're wearing, like, 50-style clothing, and the women have 50 styles hair, and all of the people typing up news articles are on fucking typewriters! And they're talking about goddamn fucking Facebook! Yeah, and they're talking about how they they have to compete with the internet and Facebook and bloggers. Just, no! Just no! It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really go together. You can't do that! You can't! This is not how a newspaper works! It was... It, I mean... This just... No! Yeah, so we're gonna, <laughs> no! Yep. God. Like I said before, we know that J. Jonah Jameson, Jameson is, a, is a traditional man. As he says, masked people commit crimes. They don't stop them. Jameson mentions that they're fighting the internet and bloggers and Facebook. Well, JJ, if you got your people some computers instead of typewriters, they might be able to be a little more productive. JJ is one of the best characters, uh, not in this show, but like... Oh, no. <laughs> God, no. In Spider-Man. Yeah. Jonah Jameson is a great character. Mm -hmm. And one thing I will say to the... Uh, Toby Maguire movies, the guy that played him yes, was, he was spot perfect. on. He was spot on. I don't think you could get a better character to play James, uh, James Jonah Jameson. No. He was 
fabulous. And you could tell that this guy in the show was trying to emulate that one. So if you're going to emulate a character, might as well emulate, like, one of the best performances. Yeah. He did fall a bit short. Um, he wasn't terrible, though. He wasn't terrible. Uh, this guy, he just, he plays it okay, you know, just okay. Nothing to bounce off the walls about or anything like that. He tries to screw Peter out of money for his Spider-Man photos, because J.J., He's like, oh, you're one of those, uh, uh, what was it, volunteer photographers. And he's like, oh, no, no, I, I want to be paid. And he's like, I'll give you 20 bucks. And, like, just, that's classic James. Like, I'm not going to fault the show for portraying yeah. Jane, uh, Jonah Jameson as a douchebag when he is a douchebag. But, uh, okay. We, after Jana, after JJ trying to screw peter over we cut to osborne who is singing about how everything in his company is going to hell mrs osborne finds out that norman is taking money from the viper corporation who wants to give them money to make super soldiers for them norman is on stage battling between uh his money for his failing company and his moral desire to benefit humanity with his science and also not to have his wife be mad at him anymore which I would say that's the more important yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's the most you, important. You, you can't pioneer revolutionary science to benefit mankind if your wife is mad at you. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. Can't, can't do revolutionary science on the couch. Happy, happy wife, happy science for humanity's benefit. Yes. As the saying goes. And the, the dancing number there, too, was garbage. I, I just, it there was... should be a bad <laughs> choreography counter for this show. But it would explode by this scene. <laughs> the choreography for this scene, because it's, you have these four shady guys in green suits and glasses. I assume they're trying to look like snakes. Um, that are... <gasps> they're the cobras! Na-na-na-na! <laughs> well, they're vipers. and I don't think cobras are vipers. No, they're not. No, I was just so. trying to bring some levity to this shit pile. <laughs> Oh, God. So in the scene, you have the the Viper squad trying to pressure Osborne into signing away his life, basically. And in the background, you have... They're not army men. They are Viper soldiers. Yeah. In just green outfits, just stomping around, doing, like, military-looking things. So like push-ups stupid. and lunges and... So stupid. Yeah. It, it's It's a really dumb scene. As is the status quo with most of the show. Really dumb scene. At this least be, there's consistency there. This could be really dumb scenes. The musical with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That's, that could be what this is. Anyway, enough of this stupid scene. Let's move on to the next stupid scene. <laughs> it's graduation from high school. Aunt May tells Peter and MJ they should get married and give up on their dreams of science and theater. MJ and Peter drive off Aunt May so she doesn't ruin their good time. Picture this. Another lame song. Norman being like, we need to mutate and survive. We need to show the world what we can do. And Peter and MJ having a kissy kiss while Norman undergoes what is sure to be a flawless and problem-free transformation <laughs> or mutation. <sighs> Explosion! Peter runs away from uh, MJ to take pictures of Spider-Man investigating the explosion. But he shows up after Norman realizes he killed his wife with the explosion caused by his genius. Spider-Man swoops in to be like, hey, wait, what's going on? Before the scene fades to black for the intermission. Like, that was 
pointless because you have the whole Norman conflicting with his wife. Oh, we got to do this. And MJ and Peter having a, oh, we're a fledging relationship. Isn't this mm-hmm. cute? And then the explosion. And Peter runs off like, bye, MJ. She's like, where are you going, Peter? He's like, oh, away over here. And you have Osborne like sobbing over his wife for a while. And then he gives some line about, ugh, I don't remember. It was... It was it's, pointless. It was pointless and isn't doesn't matter. And then Spider-Man literally swings it at the very last second, sticks to the wall, and just kind of looks, and then that's when it fades. Like, you could have just not had Spider-Man show up. Yeah, you it would have been fine. It would have been fine. You had the explosion. Osborne's wife is dead. He's very sad about it. Boom, that's when he becomes mm-hmm. a supervillain. Fade the black. Yeah. You could have done it that way. But no, we got to showcase these... These wire stunts with... These stupid, stupid, pointless wire stunts. I mean, for Spider-Man, some I... Some of them are fine, but some of them I'm just like, no. It's the kind no. of thing, like, not everything translates to theater. Yeah. And I don't... Until the technology is there where it can be done and repeated flawlessly... Mm-hmm. We don't, and safely. We don't, and safely. We don't need a Spider-Man musical. As you much know, as I love Spider-Man, we don't need a Spider-Man musical. I don't know that they use the Peter Foy stuff like what Peter Pan used. Because Peter Pan had so many flying stunts from Peter Foy, who was a revolutionary. So, well, the difference I would say with that, because I did think about that when mm-hmm. I was watching this, the difference is, is flying, you can just hang there and be fine. True. Spider-Man is based, He has, he's subject to physics. He has to swing, so he has to go from point to point to point, but they also wanted to have wires so that they could have him, like, stick to the side of the wall and mm-hmm. look like he's stuck on the side of the wall. So, granted, I'm sure there were a lot of technical expertise that went into hooking up that rig, but... I don't feel Still like it's. Though. I don't feel like it's quite there, fellas. Nope. Wait a few more decades, and think <laughs> about what you've done. <laughs> so, we come back from the intermission and are greeted with what looks like the Wicked Witch of the West's creepy uncle. No, like seriously, the Green Goblin costume looks like a reject from the Wizard of Oz. If the Wicked Witch of the West had had, like, a final form in her epic battle with Dorothy and her merry band of witch murderers, they would have thrown water on the Wicked Witch of the West. She would have melted, and then when the heroes thought the day was won, evil, manic laughter would have cascaded through the room, and the witch would have risen up from the puddle of herself to be the Ultra Witch, at which point an epic battle would have taken place where Dorothy discovers a way to harness the power of the ruby slippers and spin-kick the Ultra Witch's head off. This show is so boring, it has forced me to create fan fiction about other shows. And I kid you not, I kid you not, you should Google Green Goblin Spider-Man musical. He's fucking repulsive. He looks horrific. He reminded me a bit of Ivan Ooze from oh the God, the first did. Power Rangers movie. Like, the way his chin and nose and face look. Oh, Jesus. He, he looked god-awful. He just, he looked terrible oh my god and uh okay so back to the show which is less interesting than the scenarios created by my brain as a last ditch (laughs) effort to cling to my fleeting saying my fleeting fragile humanity sanity not humanity just sanity i've abandoned my humanity long ago okay now you're the wolf man (laughs) that was a good wolf hell i want to be a wolf um or werewolf 
or be able to change back and forth. Okay, enough of my psychosis. Um, Osborne has decided he's so grateful to his employees who have abandoned him that he's going to give them a free makeover with his mutagen he's created. So then, so they'll be handsome and mentally stable as he is. <sighs> um, so it just it just shows Osborne in his lab, and he's got people restrained to machines, and they're like, oh, you're crazy. He's like, ah, oh, you should not have left. You should have had faith in me, and now I'm going to give you a makeover. This was so dumb. So, okay, pump the fucking brakes, Norman. <laughs> this freak show is not the Sinister Six. I'm mad about this. If you're going, if you're not going to have the actual Sinister Six in your show, then just have one villain in your shitty show. No need to shoehorn in a bunch of other villains. Oh, this, oh, this, this song sucks too. But at least there's bad guys to make. Let's see. At least these bad guys make time up to. Wow. At least these bad guys make the time to put down their hair and have a little fun. So the Sinister Six. God, I hate this. In this steaming pile of garbage are not the Sinister Six. No. The only person in this entire group of people that is actually one of the Sinister Six is no one. No. Is no one. None of them. The Sinister Six are Doc Ock, Rhino, Scorpion, Shocker... Is it Hob... Okay, okay. Hobgoblin? Might be Hobgoblin or Green Goblin. And, uh... uh okay, it, it's, it's been a while. Okay, okay, can't remember. But you know what? None of those guys are in this, okay? No, it's... They have, they have some B guy who I am not super familiar with, but he sounds like a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. Uh, mutated swarm... Just the swarm, mutated swarm of bees that, like, congeals into a person and then can disperse and be a bunch of bees. Okay, cool. Then they had Craven the Hunter. Lion-O in this. <laughs> not a Sinister Six member. Uh, uh, then they had... Um... God, they had Carnage... Who, how can you have Carnage? No. <laughs> how can you have Carnage and not Venom? Like, right? How Carnage came from Venom? Don't have Carnage in this. Like, Carnage could be a show all in of himself because Carnage is a fucking powerful villain. Yeah, he'd be cool. But and no, but they'd fuck that up too. Then they had Electro, who is also not a Sinister Six villain. Mm -hmm. What? The worst one. The worst. I think I'm missing one more because they they had Swiss Miss, who was made up, but then they had. Oh, God. The worst one out of all of them that made me the angriest was fucking inflatable T-Rex, man. Oh my god, that's right, the lizard. Oh, lizard might be one of the scissors. They oh, have... shit. I'm, I'm, I need to brush up on who my scissors But that was are. not lizard. That no. was so inflatable T-Rex, man. You know those inflatable T-Rex costumes that you've seen people in and maybe funny gifts on the internet? Uh, one of those spray-painted green, and that was the lizard, uh... $75 million, people. <laughs> $75 fucking million. Oh, and then Swiss Miss, who, aside from being a generic hot chocolate mix, is... <laughs> they could have, you know what would have been funnier is Iron Maiden. Yeah. That would have been better, because she was this bladed woman in a bladed skirt with bladed blades on her bladed hands and feet, throwing and twirling bladed blades around. So, we're not kidding. We're not that kidding. is what it really was in this when they show. Sh when they showed her, I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> right? Kay had to look it up. She goes, oh, they made her up just for the musical. It's like, well, if there wasn't already enough things in this show to hate. Yeah. God. <sighs> okay. 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 MJ and Peter have a very forgettable scene where they're snuggling on a balcony, 
and she basically tells him, you can tell me whatever you need to tell me. And Peter is like, but I can't, but I have to do this, but I have to do it in song form. MJ is like, stay with me tonight, Pete. And Peter is like, yeah, that's right, just one night. But the Sinister Six, the, the not Sinister Six, are out causing havoc in a goddamn terrible song. That's what happens when Peter gets a blowy. <laughs> Seriously, Peter is like, yeah, I'll stay in and get laid. I work hard. I deserve that. I save the city. And that's what you get, Peter. That's what you get. Sex kills. Sex Sex causes innocent people to die. There we go. The Spider-Man the musical has taught me anything. It's one, don't have hope. And two, <laughs> sex causes the death of innocence. So, Peter shows up at the Daily Bugle after having a night with Mary Jane to find out that all hell has broken loose. He rushes off to do his Spider-Man thing and JJ gets a visit from Mean Green Daddy Goblin who tells JJ that Spider-Man is one of them and their nuclear family is going to flatten Manhattan. JJ, of course, being in tune and being in, being the in tune and wise individual, knew that Spider-Man was no good from the very beginning. Peter is late to lunch with MJ because of all the dare doing he's been doing, uh, trying to fight the not sinister six, uh, and finds out that MJ is MJ is having lunch with his high school bully Flash Thompson. MJ tells Peter to quit the Daily Bugle because it's so stressful and she doesn't get to see him. She reminds Peter of her show tonight, and he says that he'll be there. But will but uh, Peter will of course forget because he is saving. He's spending all this time Stupid. saving everyone, and that's just a prediction because of course it is. Ah, okay, this is eating my brain. We then get subjected to a really dumb scene. Now, when I God. say really dumb, you got to know this is a really dumb scene with Green Goblin trying to hold off. They're trying to get a hold of JJ by calling the Daily Bugle, and he fights with the automated menu system. This scene is dumb. It was so pointless. They try to play it off for laughs, but it's dumb. Yeah. There's so many dumb scenes in this show that I'm I'm just like, why did you even do a Spider-Man musical? Like, you you could have done something that was actually good. Yeah. But they're just okay. Just okay. no. Okay. Okay. Okay, calm down, Warren. Calm down. Calm down. It's just a show. It's just a show. You still like Spider-Man. This doesn't this doesn't make Spider-Man any less great. This is <sighs> center yourself. We then have a scene of Spider-Man slow running and slowly jumping <laughs> off a building and slow And falling and falling and falling and falling and falling and still falling and falling. And then he lands. And oh, it was a nightmare. Oh, okay. And that's the scene. That's <laughs> that, was the, that was the accident. Was right as he runs off to try and save Mary Jane in that slow fall. That's where the accident happens. That scene. <laughs> like, that slow... Like, it was just... The longest drawn out, it was like, it was an, ex it feels like it was an excuse for them to be like, look at our wire stunts, because they just had him mm. falling in slow motion and spinning and twirling and falling and spinning and twirling. Then he lands and he wakes up and goes, oh, I had this horrible dream that I was on Broadway in a terrible production of Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm in my bed and everything's fine. But it's not fine, Peter. It's not fine at all. 
Because when Peter wakes up out of his horrible nightmare, Arachne... Wait, 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 wait. Okay, sorry. It was a nightmare. Okay, then. Oh, cool. Uh, Arachne shows up to sing to Peter about how she'll be there for him. <laughs> and remind, this is after he woke up from his nightmare. He's like, oh, it was a nightmare. <sighs> Goes back to sleep. And Arachne just appears. And she's over his bed, slowly working her way down to him. And singing about how she'll be there for him. And hovering over his sleeping body like some Greek spider stalker. Again, I would shit myself to death from fear. Sheer fear. Peter and Arachne spin around on strings and go back and forth with, It's your destiny, but I didn't ask for this. It doesn't matter. It happened to you. Now man up, suit up, and go be a hero. And that's what it was, is Arachne like pulls Peter up from his bed and they're doing this like twirling, look at our fancy wire effects scene. Where she just tells him, it's your destiny, it happened to you for a reason, now go be a hero. And he's like, but it's hard, and I want to be able to have a relationship and stuff like this. Like, the classic, to be fair, that's a pretty classic Spider-Man mm -hmm. dilemma. There's a number of times where he's like, that's it, I'm not being Spider-Man anymore, it's caused me nothing but trouble, I'm gonna go live my life, and then shit goes wrong, and he's like, I could have stopped that, I could have prevented But it's that. done better than this. But it's done better than this. This was Absolutely. done terribly. This was done terribly. So, Peter wakes up to a phone call after his dream with Arachne, and the phone call is of MJ reminding him that he's late for her show. Peter rushes down, but misses the show, and MJ's friend calls Peter a jerk, and MJ tells him that they should take a break. Peter, MJ sings to Peter, so tell me who, <laughs> so MJ sings to Peter, so tell me who you are, who you really, really are. <laughs> I'll tell you who I am, who I really, really am. I am a, I am a, I am a, I am a, I am a not going to tell you who I really, really am. <laughs> that would have been so much better. <laughs> so. That would have been so much better. Oh and, my God. Yeah. Spice Girls should have written this and it would have been better. That would have definitely been poppy. We'd be remembering the songs for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a much less interesting song than my my take on it right there. And uh, she breaks up with him. MJ breaks up with Peter. Peter pouts and goes to JJ and throws his suit at him, saying, I, <clears throat> I mean Spider-Man, quits. I've had enough. I mean, Spider-Man's had enough. And storms out. And JJ is like, aha, I've done it. I've, I've proven this guy to be a fake through my shady news reporting. And now get me a big glass case and some lights and a plaque. I'm going to commemorate this. So dumb. MJ and Peter, I guess, get back together because they're, like, at a club or something? And the power outage happens, and then it kicks back on, with the big screens in the back focused on Green Goblin calling out Spider-Man. Peter and MJ are suddenly at their apartment panicking over what's going on. Peter breaks up with MJ because as much as he wants to be with her, he has great power. And with great power comes great responsibility. After all, he didn't choose the spider life. The spider life chose him. <laughs> so, in the club scene is... is I forgot to mention previously, I'm trying to be fair, I will mention things that were done well. Mm -hmm. So, on stage they have like these massive LED panels, the TV panels, mm -hmm. I don't know what else to call them. Yeah. Because that's basically what they do, and they have them staggered in a way on stage to where, like, on the sides, it's up closer, and then as it goes further back, mm -hmm. they're, 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 the different panels are further back. Yeah. And it creates this, I almost want to say panel 
view, almost like a comic book. And that was probably what they were trying to do. But when the Sinister Six, or the not Sinister Six, are first out causing havoc, they are playing like little videos of them doing stuff with music. And the music's terrible, but they're playing videos. Like some of the visual stuff done in those scenes was stylized, looked like comic book. Like, I was like, okay, you look at the stuff and you're like, this is where there was potential. Like, this Mm -hmm. is where they kind of had their pulse on how to do it right. Uh, But then everything else just explodes around. Yeah. You know, the few good things that are in this web slinging turd. Okay. So after the club, so I talked about, I said something nice. I said something nice about this show, even if it was kind of backhanded. But the show knows what it did. (laughs) So Peter, so after um, he decides that he didn't choose the spider life, but the spider life chose him. So Peter goes and robs JJ for the costume that he relinquished ownership of. Way to prove J.J. right, Parker. Now you're a criminal, just like J.J. always said you were. But go ahead and sing about how you're finally accepting your destiny. Yeah, yeah, go and do your final fight so we can finish this up. Please, my childhood can't take much more of this. <laughs> and it is it is one of the dumbest things when you're a superhero who has then been like, I'm not going to be a superhero anymore. Here, take my costume. And then you show up as your alter ego to take the costume yeah. and people see you and you're interacting with them and then you go off to be your hero. Like, if people didn't know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, they fucking know after that. Yeah. Like, oh, we're, how did you get in here? The building's closed. Oh, the window was open. But we're on the 50th story. Yeah, how about that? What do you have there? Oh, that costume that I gave up. No, that's mine now. You can't take that. Well, I'm taking it anyway. Now yeah. I'm gonna jump out this window and swing away. Like just, it was dumb. 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 Speaking of things that I can't take much more of, the next scene with Green Goblin serenading the audience on his green piano. <sighs> this sucks so much. Like, who are you, Deadpool? Are you Greenpool? Are you Dead Goblin? Oh, I actually like that last one. <laughs> green Goblin bla- breaks the fourth wall so much in this. Yeah, and I, I think. He's the only character who does. Yeah, and it's like they didn't... They went, oh, there's a character in Marvel that breaks the fourth wall. That must be Green Goblin, even though he looks nothing like him. And let's use that. And let's also make Green Goblin not Green Goblin. Let's make, let's... Let's make Green Goblin the villain and comedic relief. Yeah. No. You don't... No. Just no. No. Just no. It's just... Just no. God. Just no. There was so much wrong with this. And some of you listening out there might be like, well, I've seen the show and Warren. Just no. 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 Just no. Just no. Okay? Just no. I'm sorry if this is your favorite show. I really am because... You have terrible taste. This is a bad show. This is a bad show. Spider-Man finally shows up and pisses off Green Goblin by refusing to take his kind offer of a glass of champagne. Green Goblin tells Spider-Man that he knows who he really is, and Peter tries to talk Green Goblin out of his crazy antics, but Green Goblin isn't hearing any of it and wants to team up with Spider-Man. You be my Wonder Boy, and I'll be yours. We'll switch off. Now join me, or I'll kill your lady friend. That's pretty much exactly what happened. I have a dumb sub-joke, but I'm not going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... You just can't, saying. You can't be Spider-Man and not be into bondage, because I mean, he just he, he makes the webs. So like, I mean, you never have to buy a sex swing. Did I just say that? Yes, I did. 
See what happens when Kay takes the the reins off me, removes my shackles? <laughs> it's still better than what happens when you take the reins off of Julie Taymor. Uh, uh. Can I strangle her with some of those reins? Not enough to kill no. her, just enough to make her panic. And, and contemplate Christ. what in her life has led her to this moment. Like, That's all I want. You know, when she does things right, she does things right. But when no one's there to control her and tell her maybe this isn't a good idea... Oh. And I think that she was gone from the show by the time that we saw this. <laughs> She's like, "Fuck it, there I'm was, out." There, I don't know if she was the if it was her leaving or if it was something else. I and honestly, I don't care to look it up right now. I don't care enough because fuck this show. Yes, indeed, <laughs> fuck this show. But dear God, so. After Green Goblin is upset that Peter didn't want to join his his boy band of evil he drops mary jane to fall to her death and spider-man goes and saves her but then we show green goblin sprouts wings and gives life to my previous theory that this to my previous wizard of oz joke by going full flying monkey <laughs> this final scene between the these two is ridiculous it's, it's so most dumb it's mostly spider-man hanging on to the green goblin while they just zip around stage yeah like not even like huh, ah, uh, like just just holding dramatic music playing while they're swinging around the audience. It's like fight choreography doesn't exist. No, it really doesn't. <sighs> so after Green Goblin is defeated, I don't even remember how. It was like Spider-Man had zip-tied him to his piano and Green yeah. Goblin is upset. And he kicks his piano and that cor that causes him to yeah. zip up and like slam into the wall, and then they just fade to dark and have it go. No, splat. he falls off of the building because he kicks the piano off the side of the building and he plummets, falls, falls, yeah, down falls the to his death. Okay, the way that they were doing stuff, it didn't he, look right. Yeah, by falling to his death, he went up like yeah, in the scene. Like it, it was, was, it was choreographed really weird. So I yeah. guess it, that's my fault. You know, they have a better death. Of a character falling to their death in another Julie Taymor thing, which is the Lion King. No, she could have done it that way. No, I was going to say who did a better job of a character falling to their death? The high school production of Les Mis that we saw. Yes, that was way better. With, uh, with Javert. With, ja with Javier jumping to his death. <laughs> yeah, they did a better job with yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, uh, they did a better job of a lot of things than most other shows, actually. But. Yep. Yep. Okay. <sighs> Let's tie the bow on this turd. Um, after Green Goblin is defeated, MJ is hitting on Spider-Man after he <laughs> saved her life, and Spider-Man reveals that he's actually Peter Parker. MJ seems completely the not surprised at all. She's not the least bit surprised. They come to an agreement that it's okay for Peter to not be around in important things for MJ because he's a hero and women love a man in costume. Or is it a man in uniform? Isn't a uniform just a costume that you get paid to wear? Anyways, Spider-Man swings around on stage for one last awkward awkwardness. The show is over. Go home, everyone. Kiss your loved ones. Kiss, kiss your loved ones and thank God you're not having your childhood crumble around you. This was such a flaming pile of shit. This, this, you know what? At least shit can be used for fertilizer. Yeah. This, this was, this was garbage. This was refuse. I just, this was... The amount of bad in this show did not balance it out. And I think the reason why I am so mad about it is because they had 
a potential with who they had in charge of production, not necessarily Bono and the Edge, because no, fuck those two. No, those two don't know how to write for musicals. But Julie Taymor can be such a genius, and when you've got this, when she's not being tied down by Disney or someone else, and I, I am not a Disney fan. You know this. Like, I like some shows, but I'm very critical of Disney. This is one of those times where I'm like, Disney should have taken the reins. Should have been like, you know what, Marvel? We're, uh, we'll we'll take care of this Spider-Man musical for you. Or they should have taken it out back and done a mercy. Because this is, and I can see where the $75 million went in some things. And I'm going, there's no need for you to have spent this amount of money on this show. No, with with some of the elaborate sets they had, you, you didn't need that. No. You didn't need it, um, especially when they served no purpose other than to be like, whoa, look what we did with this building. Like, yeah. There was the most bizarre level of, you could tell that there was so much money in this. Like, you could tell yeah. looking at the sets. And one of the things that was weird about the sets is they kept trying to have... Now, this is something I like. They kept trying to have a comic book art style for yes. things in the background, which I thought was a nice touch. However, they kept doing this weird squampus way of squishing it. Because, like, yeah. like, the opening scene in the classroom, the chalkboard is, like, this weird geometrical shape. Like, it's not it's not a it rectangle. It doesn't make sense. And, like, they, they, they do that all out. Like, Jonah Jameson in his... Uh, office his desk like and i i don't know if they're trying to do something with purse like the chalkboard there's no explaining because it's yeah like jagged and at weird angles with jonah's desk in his office of the daily bugle they have it as a rectangle but the way that it's skewed it looks like they're trying to give it a sense of depth like the desk is here but it goes all the way down yeah. there but they did it in such a bizarre way that like the the art direction in this mm -hmm. show was just kooky. It was and there just were, kooky. There were a lot of times that when I was watching this, and I'm not sure if it would have been different in a different angle, but I thought that this was a... Uh, now the word is leaving my brain because this show killed so many brain cells, but I thought that the stage was ramped back. And like, like on ramping up. Yeah, sloped upwards. That would be hard. I've performed on that before, and that's murder on your knees. And I'm just, I'm not sure if it was just that the perspective from where they were sitting, plus the way that the sets were, that it made it look like that, or if it actually was that they had a lot of sloped uh, sets, but it just, it didn't, a lot of the stuff didn't work in this. No. A lot of it didn't, which is a tragedy, because A... A lot of money put into this. B, people's careers. Yeah. C, people were injured. People could have died doing this show. And Some people probably wish they had. It's just, Jesus. It's just like, good Lord. You know, I know that you want to make a name for yourself on Broadway. I know that you want to be the best show or whatever. But this isn't the way to do it. This isn't the way to do any of this it was just it was garbage there it was so, garbage there were so many bad things done with this show there really were there were 
there wasn't enough to redeem it. There, the times that I laughed, it was because my brain was just like, you need to laugh to let loose some of this anger that you've got. It was like laughing at absurdity. Yeah. Like how like, ridiculous a scene was or how stupid a line was. Or... Like the goddamn lizard that... <laughs> you were so... That was so great. Just this... The inflatable dinosaur costume. Yeah. Just... The oh. lizard A isn't a dinosaur. <laughs> B, that's not what he looks like. C, come on. You could have done better. Oh, you, man. Like, just, no. That was where I was like, oh, that was when they ran out of their budget. <laughs> they had to use an inflatable T-Rex. It was just, it was just so bad. It was so bad. So bad, guys. So, next week's going to be a palate cleanser. Because... Is, is there a Broadway show that's just about puppies? No, not yet. Um, Dogs the Musical doesn't come out until 2025, and it's going to be another Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, experience. I'm only slightly kidding um, with that. But no, uh, so we are going to be continuing a series that I meant to continue earlier, but we had other shows in between, and so I couldn't get to it. But we are going to watch Nonsense Part 2. Oh, cool. Yes, or Nonsense 2, which... Is really fun. It's, again, I'm torn between which of the two I like more, Nonsense 1 or Nonsense 2. Haven't seen the ones after it, so here's fingers crossed. Um, but Nonsense 2 is really fun, has a lot of heart, and it's not this. Does it have a higher body count? No. No, it doesn't, I don't think. So they pull their punches with this one? They Well, they don't need to have a body count with this one. They needed the body count as the inciting incident for the first one. But as far as I know, there's not a body count. As far as I remember, because it's been... I want to say it's been about 10 years. 10 or 11 years since I've seen Nonsense 2. They're still dealing with the ramifications of... They are still dealing with the ramifications of the 52 (laughs) dead sisters. I will say that. Uh, Was it 52 or 62? 52. okay. And then they only uh, were able to enter... Like, 40-something of them. I think it was 52. Maybe it was higher. I know that it was a ludicrous body count that I don't think any other musical has managed yet. I mean, we're still we're still early in our trip. Um, well, I guess technically when we do Children of Eden, that's a pretty big body count, but it's not like... It, it's sort of a foregone conclusion, and it's not a comedy, whereas this was a comedy with an insanely high body count so, from the get-go. Because of how... Um, because of everything just involved with this musical and how horrible I feel because of it, I feel like we sh- like in the vein of things that should not have been made into musicals that were made into musicals. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to write a Jonestown musical. Jesus Christ! You know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone's done that because there's. Musicals for everything. I mean, there's the Scientology children's pageant that exists, so... What? Yeah, we'll get to it eventually. No. (laughs) Don't worry, we'll drink a lot before that one. (laughs) I'm trying to quit drinking. Well, I don't know, maybe we'll have that one be a special episode recorded in a different state. (laughs) 
Uh, so thank you guys so much for suffering along with us in this episode. You guys are the real MVPs. We love you. We love you all so much. And we hope that you still love us after this. Yeah, and those of you who did like this show, I don't know, I guess you can tell us why. Yeah, if, you, if you've if you seen this show and you like it, would you please let us know why? And enlighten it. We won't like, make fun of you. I won't you. make we fun just... of you. I, just, I want to know your perspective and what it was that you liked. Because I've grown to like musicals after, you know, doing these these shows with Kay. Um, and I love Spider-Man, so I should be all over this, but I am not. I'm very much not. Yeah, this this is garbage. This is a garbage show, and so... At least to us, maybe to someone else out there, this is their favorite show. And if it is, tell us why. Enlighten us, because we are just, we are just flummoxed. We are, yeah, this, I knew that it would be difficult for us going in, but I didn't realize how bad. So is flummoxed code word for fucked beyond all rational thought? Just confused, I guess. Or... Yeah. Because you can be flummoxed. I'm fucked beyond all rational thought. (laughs) So yeah, just thank you guys for listening. Um, Like I had said at the start of this part of the review, uh, we are no longer just on the general tag. We are on the explicit tag. So heads up, that is a permanent thing. Just to be safe because with the way that a lot of uh, Broadway shows are, and some of the shows that we'll be covering in the future, there's no way for us to get around not discussing topics that would lead us into explicit land. And um, the fact that we didn't have any issues after Rent uh, lets me know that we can keep on this tag. Um, so that's that's a big change. Um, the Written in the Stars bonus episode should be out soon um we also have had a poll running uh it'll be ending this week on july 25th uh just asking what sort of benefits you'd want for the ten dollar members um or ten dollar patrons uh we've got different options on there i've shared it on twitter as well um but yeah we just we we love you guys and we want to give back more. We are working on some merch. Uh, not sure what it's going to look like yet, but I'll definitely keep everyone posted on our Twitter and on our Facebook page. Um, and thank you all so much just for coming back week after week. And if you have the uh, the time, please give us a review on iTunes. Help give us a, a five-star review and just help us, you know, reach more people so that we can share our pain with them as well. Yes. Just thank you guys so very much. We really, really appreciate it. We enjoy doing this and we're glad that you guys also seem to enjoy us doing this. Yeah, we we just, we can't thank you guys enough. I do want to do a shout out real quick. Um, If I've done this a couple of weeks now, but I want to reiterate, if you love podcasts and you want to support more podcasters, Uh, feel free to join the uh, Podcast Junkie Discord. I've got a link in the description, as well as I've posted the link on Twitter a few times, and also on our Facebook page. 
is just a really awesome community of podcasters and podcast fans. Uh, we have some amazing people who have been really supportive of us on Twitter and on that Discord. Uh, we've got Ruckland and uh, Queen Jess that have been really awesome. Woo! And uh, we also have folks that are just awesome podcasters that we've gotten to know on there. Uh, like Private Island Presents Up All Night, Two Guys, One Cone, Friday the 13th. Uh, we've got Pomegranates and Pitchforks, which is another Utah-based podcast that's way awesome. And they do horror stuff. Uh, Three Spook Girls, Podcast Junkie, uh, Oz9, Ninth World. They're just all amazing, amazing people and amazing shows. And I just, I can't recommend this podcast junkie discord enough guys um if you want to hit us up on twitter we're at tone deaf musical we're also on facebook at tone deaf musical and if you don't have either of those but you want to get in touch with us you can always email us at tone deaf musical at gmail.com um anyway thanks again guys thank you so 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 much so next week will be nonsense too I hope that that makes up a little bit for the Spider-Man travesty. Nonsense 2, Divine Boogaloo. <laughs> Nonsense 2, Divine Boogaloo. I like that. So, thanks for listening, guys. That'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Death. Death.